0: Part 7 of Timaeus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anna Simon. Timaeus by Plato. Translated by Benjamin Jowett. Part 7. Timaeus continues. And now that all the parts and members of the mortal animal had come together, since its life of necessity consisted of fire and breath, and it therefore wasted away by dissolution and depletion. The gods contrived the following remedy. They mingled a nature akin to that of man with other forms and perceptions, and thus created another kind of animal. These are the trees and plants and seeds which have been improved by cultivation and are now domesticated among us. Anciently, there were only the wild kinds, which are older than the cultivated. For everything that partakes of life may be truly called a living being, and the animal of which we are now speaking partakes of the third kind of soul, which is said to be seated between the midriff and the navel, having no part in opinion or reason or mind, but only in feelings of pleasure and pain and the desires which accompany them. For this nature is always in a passive state, revolving in and about itself, repelling the motion from without and using its own, and accordingly is not endowed by nature with the power of observing or reflecting on its own concerns, wherefore it lives and does not differ from a living being, but is fixed and rooted in the same spot, having no power of self-motion. Now, after the superior powers had created all these natures to be food for us, who are of the inferior nature, they cut various channels through the body, as through a garden, that it might be watered as from a running stream. In the first place they cut two hidden channels, or veins, down the back where the skin and the flesh join, which answered severally to the right and left side of the body. These they let down along the backbone, so as to have the marrow of generation between them, where it was most likely to flourish, and in order that the stream coming down from above might flow freely to the other parts, and equalize the irrigation. In the next place they divided the veins about the head, and interlacing them they sent them in opposite directions. Those coming from the right side they sent to the left of the body, and those from the left they diverted towards the right, so that they and the skin might together form a bond which should fasten the head to the body, since the crown of the head was not encircled by sinews, and also in order that the sensations from both sides might be distributed over the whole body. And next they ordered the water-courses of the body in a manner which I will describe, and which will be more easily understood if we begin by admitting that all things which have lesser parts retain the greater, but the greater cannot retain the lesser. Now, of all natures, fire has the smallest parts, and therefore penetrates through earth and water and air and their compounds nor can anything hold it and a similar principle applies to the human belly for when meats and drinks enter it it holds them but it cannot hold air and fire because the particles of which they consist are smaller than its own structure these elements therefore god employed for the sake of distributing moisture from the belly into the veins weaving together a network of fire and air like a wheel having at the entrance 2 lesser lasso-wheels. Further he constructed one of these with two openings, and from the lesser wheels he extended cords, reaching all round to the extremities of the network. All the interior of the net he made of fire, but the lesser wheels and their cavity of air. The network he took and spread over the newly formed animal in the following manner. He let the lesser wheels pass into the mouth. There were two of them, and one he led down by the air-pipes into the lungs, the other by the side of the air-pipes into the belly. The former he divided into two branches, both of which he made to meet at the channels of the nose, so that when the way through the mouth did not act, the streams of the mouth as well were replenished through the nose. With the other cavity, that is, of the greater wheel, he enveloped the hollow parts of the body, and at one time he made all this to flow into the lesser wheels, quite gently, for they are composed of air, and at another time he caused the lesser wheels to flow back again, and the net he made to find a way in and out through the pores of the body, and the rays of fire which are bound fast within followed the passage of the air either way, never at any time ceasing, so long as the mortal being holds together. This process, as we affirm, the name-giver named Inspiration and Expiration. And all this movement, active as well as passive, takes place in order that the body, being watered and cooled, may receive nourishment and life. For when the respiration is going in and out, and the fire, which is fast bound within, follows it, and ever and anon, moving to and fro, enters through the belly and reaches the meat and drink, it dissolves them, and dividing them into small portions, and guiding them through the passages where it goes, Pumps them as from a fountain into the channels of the veins, and makes the stream of the veins flow through the body as through a conduit. Let us once more consider the phenomena of respiration and inquire into the causes which have made it what it is. They are as follows: Seeing that there is no such thing as a vacuum into which any of those things which are moved can enter, and the breath is carried from us into the external air, the next point is, as will be clear to every one that it does not go into a vacant space, but pushes its neighbor out of its place, and that which is thrust out in turn drives out its neighbor, and in this way everything of necessity at last comes round to that place from whence the breath came forth, and enters in there, and following the breath fills up the vacant space. And this goes on like the rotation of a wheel, because there can be no such thing as a vacuum. Wherefore also the breast and the lungs, when they admit the breath, are replenished by the air which surrounds the body, and which enters in through the pores of the flesh, and is driven round in a circle. And again, the air which is sent away and passes out through the body, forces the breath inwards through the passage of the mouth and the nostrils. Now, the origin of this movement may be supposed to be as follows. In the interior of every animal, the hottest part is that which is around the blood and veins. It is in a manner an internal fountain of fire, which we compare to the network of a creel, being woven all of fire and extended through the centre of the body, while the outer parts are composed of air. Now we must admit that heat naturally proceeds outward to its own place and to its kindred element, and as there are two exits for the heat, the one out through the body and the other through the mouth and nostrils, when it moves towards the one, it drives round the air at the other and that which is driven round falls into the fire and becomes warm and that which goes forth is cooled but when the heat changes its place and the particles at the other exit grow warmer the hotter air inclining in that direction and carried towards its native element fire pushes round the air at the other and this being effected in the same way and communicating the same impulse a circular motion swaying to and fro is produced by the double process which we call inspiration and expiration. The phenomena of medical cupping-glasses, and of the swallowing of drink, and of the production of bodies, whether discharged in the air or bowled along the ground, are to be investigated on a similar principle, and swift and slow sounds, which appear to be high and low, and are sometimes discordant on account of their inequality, and then again harmonical on account of the equality of the motion which they excite in us, For when the motions of the antecedent, swifter sounds begin to pause, and the two are equalized, the slower sounds overtake the swifter and then propel them. When they overtake them, they do not intrude a new and discordant motion, but introduce the beginnings of a slower, which answers to the swifter as it dies away, thus producing a single mixed expression out of high and low, whence arises a pleasure which even the unwise feel and which to the wise becomes a higher sort of delight being an imitation of divine harmony in mortal motions moreover as to the flowing of water the fall of the thunderbolt and the marvels that are observed about the attraction of amber and the heraclean stones in none of these cases is there any attraction but he who investigates rightly will find that such wonderful phenomena are attributable to the combination of certain conditions the non-existence of a vacuum the fact that objects push one another around and that they change places passing severally into their proper positions as they are divided or combined such as we have seen is the nature and such are the causes of respiration the subject in which this discussion originated for the fire cuts the food and following the breath surges up within fire and breath rising together and filling the veins by drawing up out of the belly and pouring into them the cut portions of the food, and so the streams of food are kept flowing through the whole body in all animals. And fresh cuttings from kindred substances, whether the fruits of the earth or herb of the field, which God planted to be our daily food, acquire all sorts of colors by their intermixture, but red is the most pervading of them being created by the cutting action of fire and by the impression which it makes on a moist substance and hence the liquid which circulates in the body has a colour such as we have described the liquid itself we call blood which nourishes the flesh and the whole body whence all parts are watered and empty places filled Now the process of repletion and evacuation is effected after the manner of the universal motion by which all kindred substances are drawn towards one another, for the external elements which surround us are always causing us to consume away, and distributing and sending off like to like. The particles of blood, too, which are divided and contained within the frame of the animal as in a sort of heaven, are compelled to imitate the motion of the universe, each therefore of the divided parts within us being carried to its kindred nature replenishes the void when more is taken away than flows in then we decay and when less we grow and increase the frame of the entire creature when young has the triangles of each kind new and may be compared to the keel of a vessel which is just off the stocks they are locked firmly together and yet the whole mass is soft and delicate being freshly formed of marrow and nurtured on milk. Now, when the triangles out of which meats and drinks are composed, come in from without, and are comprehended in the body, being older and weaker than the triangles already there, the frame of the body gets the better of them, and its newer triangles cut them up, and so the animal grows great, being nourished by a multitude of similar particles." but when the roots of the triangles are loosened by having undergone many conflicts with many things in the course of time they are no longer able to cut or assimilate the food which enters but are themselves easily divided by the bodies which come in from without in this way every animal is overcome and decays and this affection is called old age and at last when the bonds by which the triangles of the marrow are united no longer hold and are parted by the strain of existence, they in turn loosen the bonds of the soul, and she, obtaining a natural release, flies away with joy. For that which takes place according to nature is pleasant, but that which is contrary to nature is painful. And thus death, if caused by disease or produced by wounds, is painful and violent, but that sort of death which comes with old age and fulfils the death of nature is the easiest of deaths and is accompanied with pleasure rather than with pain now every one can see whence diseases arise there are four natures out of which the body is compacted earth and fire and water and air and the unnatural excess or defect of these or the change of any of them from its own natural place into another or since there are more kinds than one of fire and of the other elements The assumption by any of these of a wrong kind, or any similar irregularity, produces disorders and diseases, for when any of them is produced or changed in a manner contrary to nature, the parts which were previously cool grow warm, and those which were dry become moist, and the light become heavy, and the heavy light. All sorts of changes occur." For, as we affirm, a thing can only remain the same with itself, whole and sound, when the same is added to it, or subtracted from it, in the same respect, and in the same manner, and in due proportion. And whatever comes or goes away in violation of these laws, causes all manner of changes, and infinite diseases and corruptions. Now there is a second class of structures which are also natural and this affords a second opportunity of observing diseases to him who would understand them. For whereas marrow and bone and flesh and sinews are composed of the four elements, and the blood, though after another manner, is likewise formed out of them, most diseases originate in the way which I have described, but the worst of all owe their severity to the fact that the generation of these substances proceeds in a wrong order, they are then destroyed." for the natural order is that the flesh and sinews should be made of blood the sinews out of the fibres to which they are akin and the flesh out of the clots which are formed when the fibres are separated and the glutinous and rich matter which comes away from the sinews and the flesh not only glues the flesh to the bones but nourishes and imparts growth to the bone which surrounds the marrow and by reason of the solidity of the bones that which filters through consists of the purest and smoothest and oiliest sort of triangles dropping like dew from the bones and watering the marrow now when each process takes place in this order health commonly results when in the opposite order disease for when the flesh becomes decomposed and sends back the wasting substance into the veins then an oversupply of blood of diverse kinds mingling with air in the veins having variegated colors and bitter properties, as well as acid and saline qualities, contains all sorts of bile and serum and phlegm. For all things go the wrong way, and having become corrupted, first they taint the blood itself, and then, ceasing to give nourishment to the body, they are carried along the veins in all directions, no longer preserving the order of their natural causes, but at war with themselves because they receive no good from one another and are hostile to the abiding constitution of the body which they corrupt and dissolve the oldest part of the flesh which is corrupted being hard to decompose from long burning grows black and from being everywhere corroded becomes bitter and is injurious to every part of the body which is still uncorrupted sometimes when the bitter element is refined away the black part assumes an acidity which takes the place of the bitterness at other times the bitterness being tinged with blood has a redder colour and this when mixed with black takes the hue of grass and again an auburn colour mingles with the bitter matter when new flesh is decomposed by the fire which surrounds the internal flame to all which symptoms some physician perhaps or rather some philosopher who had the power of seeing in many dissimilar things one nature deserving of a name, has assigned the common name of bile. But the other kinds of bile are variously distinguished by their colours. As for serum, that sort which is the watery part of blood is innocent, but that which is a secretion of black and acid bile is malignant when mingled by the power of heat with any salt substance, and is then called acid phlegm. Again, the substance which is formed by the liquefaction of new and tender flesh when air is present, if inflated and encased in liquid so as to form bubbles, which separately are invisible owing to their small size, but when collected are of a bulk which is visible, and have a white colour arising out of the generation of foam, all this decomposition of tender flesh when intermingled with air is turned by us white flame and the whey or sediment of newly formed phlegm is sweat and tears, and includes the various daily discharges by which the body is purified. Now all these become causes of the disease when the blood is not replenished in a natural manner by food and drink, but gains bulk from opposite sources in violation of the laws of nature. When the several parts of the flesh are separated by disease, if the foundation remains, the power of the disorder is only half as great. And there is still a prospect of an easy recovery. But when that which binds the flesh to the bones is diseased, and no longer being separated from the muscles and sinews, ceases to give nourishment to the bone and to unite flesh and bone, and from being oily and smooth and glutinous, becomes rough and salt and dry, owing to bad regimen, then all the substance thus corrupted crumbles away under the flesh and the sinews, and separates from the bone, and the fleshy parts fall away from their foundation, and leave the sinuous bare and full of brine, and the flesh again gets into the circulation of the blood, and makes the previously mentioned disorders still greater. And if these bodily affections be severe, still worse are the prior disorders, as when the bone itself, by reason of the density of the flesh, does not obtain sufficient air, but becomes mouldy, and hot, and gangrened, and receives no nutriment, and the natural process is inverted, and the bone, crumbling, passes into the food, and the food into the flesh, and the flesh again, falling into the blood, makes all maladies that may occur more virulent than those already mentioned. But the worst case of all is when the marrow is diseased, either from excess or defect, and this is the cause of the very greatest and most fatal disorders in which the whole course of the body is reversed there is a third class of diseases which may be conceived of as arising in three ways, for they are produced sometimes by wind, and sometimes by phlegm, and sometimes by bile. When the lung, which is the dispenser of the air to the body, is obstructed by rooms, and its passages are not free, some of them not acting, while through others too much air enters, then the parts which are unrefreshed by air corrode, while in other parts the excess of air forcing its way through the veins distorts them, and decomposing the body is enclosed in the midst of it and occupies the midriff. Thus numberless painful diseases are produced, accompanied by copious sweats, and oftentimes when the flesh is dissolved in the body, wind, generated within and unable to escape, is the source of quite as much pain as the air coming in from without." the greatest pain is felt when the wind gets about the sinews and the veins of the shoulders and swells them up and so twists back the great tendons and the sinews which are connected with them these disorders are called tetanus and opacetonus by reason of the tension which accompanies them the cure of them is difficult relief is in most cases given by fever supervening the white phlegm though dangerous when detained within by reason of the air bubbles yet, if it can communicate with the outside air, is less severe, and only discolours the body, generating leprous eruptions and similar diseases. When it is mingled with black bile and dispersed about the cords of the head, which are the divinest part of us, the attack, if coming on in sleep, is not so severe. But when assailing those who are awake, it is hard to be got rid of, and being an affection of a sacred part is most justly called sacred." an acid and salt phlegm again is the source of all those diseases which take the form of catarrh but they have many names because the places into which they flow are manifold inflammations of the body come from burnings and inflamings and all of them originate in bile when bile finds a means of discharge it boils up and sends forth all sorts of tumors but when imprisoned within it generates many inflammatory diseases above all when mingled with pure blood, since it then displaces the fibres which are scattered about in the blood, and are designed to maintain the balance of rare and dense, in order that the blood may not be so liquefied by heat as to exude from the pores of the body, nor again become too dense, and thus find a difficulty in circulating through the veins. The fibres are so constituted as to maintain this balance, and if any one brings them all together when the blood is dead, in process of cooling, then the blood which remains becomes fluid, but if they are left alone they soon congeal by reason of the surrounding cold. The fibres having this power over the blood, bile, which is only stale blood, and which from being flesh is dissolved again into blood, at the first influx, coming in little by little, hot and liquid, is congealed by the power of the fibres, and so congealing and made to cool it produces internal cold and shuddering. When it enters with more of a flood and overcomes the fibres by its heat, and boiling up throws them into disorder, if it have power enough to maintain its supremacy, it penetrates the marrow and burns up what may be termed the cables of the soul and sets her free. But when there is not so much of it, and the body, though wasted, still holds out, the bile is itself mastered and is either utterly banished or is thrust through the veins into the lower or upper belly and is driven out of the body like an exile from a state in which there has been civil war, whence arise diarrheas and dysenteries and all such disorders. When the constitution is disordered by excess of fire, continuous heat and fever are the result. When excess of air is the cause, then the fever is quotidian. When of water, which is a more sluggish element than either fire or air, then the fever is tertian. When of earth, which is the most sluggish of the four, and is only purged away in a fourfold period, the result is a quartan fever, which can with difficulty be shaken off. End of Part 7